Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Successful Life Podcast is a space where you can hear stories from badass entrepreneurs and influencers that collectively have millions of listeners and followers. You get to hear their backstories and where they are currently. We discuss how precious your life is and crucial it is to live with a purpose and die knowing the person looking in the mirror today. This is the successful life. Corey Barrier, yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn, apply it to your life. It's your turn to live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with my man, Joey Yak. What's up, Joey? What up, man? How's it going? Good, man. I, you know, it's so funny how, so I, I had heard about Joey, but I didn't know Joey's name. Um, I knew that he existed. And, and the reason I knew he existed is I've interviewed several people that have used his services. And, and, you know, I, I was almost, I, if, if I'm being totally honest, Joey, I was a little bit intimidated to even try to reach out or try to figure out who you were because of the people that you've worked with, which sounds silly because I've interviewed the same fucking people. Right. <laughs> That's funny. I'm <laughs> dude. It's, it's nothing. Uh, I'm human. So as we already vibed off of the podcast, you know, now it's probably like, cool. I'm glad I hit him up just because man, you know, we got a lot in common. I have a lot in common with the other people as well as you do. And you know how I reached out to them, man, the people is I didn't ask for permission, right? Like I, I would create stuff for them and just, enter into their life like they're kind of like where the fuck did you come from right so a lot of the time you know the people that you think you shouldn't reach out to it's like reach out to it but when you reach out to them have something for them so you stand out rather than the typical hey bro what's up you know i want to do something for you i want to work for you i want you to hire me it's like i don't ask for permission i just do the damn thing i can if you like it you like it if you don't you don't but i know i went all in um, providing my 110% value of what I can provide right up front, right there. Um, rather than saying, Hey, cause it could go like this. Hey, I make, I make songs for people. I make custom theme songs and podcast intros. We'll love to do one for you instantly. That's a sales pitch rather than me doing a custom personal sales video saying, for example, Bradley, what up, man? I'm Joey. Yeah. At GAC stands for you already know. And if you don't know by the end of this song I'm about to show you, look, man, you probably never will. I've been following you for a long time. I love the show Dropping Bombs. And actually, I created something called Dropping Bombs right here. Check this out. And then I have a dope little swipe going with the, with the noise. So you see the swipe, and then the song will kick in. And then after the song, I'm like, yo, man, I know you're probably thinking now, like, who the fuck is this kid? So I put together a one-minute and 12-second video of who I was and who I am. So check that out. I'm looking forward to talking with you, Brad. Thanks. Boom. It goes to my testimony video of, like, who I am, me touring the world with Bone Thugs, me having a record deal, me leaving all that behind and going back home to my family, um, marrying uh, now, now – going from having a daughter, um, having a daughter and a baby mom to having a family now and being married and having a wife, uh, marrying my high school sweetheart to now we have another kid to now, Oh, I went into sales to damn. Now I make music for people and, uh, for the biggest entrepreneurs in the world. And you know, one thing leads to one thing that leads to one thing that leads to the thing. Like it shows like, wow, this dude's a husband. He's a father. He's done shit. He's left it all behind. He's had trials. It shows all of me in a minute and 12 seconds, which instantly your perspective on who Joey is, is way different than what I would have said a 
hi, I'm Joey. I make jingles. You know what I'm saying? It's boom. It's all of it right there. So, you know, you just hit on so many things. It was so hard for me not to interrupt you because I wanted to be like, wait, you always can wait, interrupt, wait. bro. It's all good. <laughs> so, I, the first thing that you hit on, one, is, you know, I did similarly when I reach out to whoever it is, influencers or whoever, and that's how I started this podcast really is not ex- – so that's how I started re- uh, getting the people on here that, I, that I've had is because I just – I literally reach out via – Instagram voice message and I just say look dude you know if it's Brad hey Brad this is you know obviously this is Corey Berry you can see my name on there I host successful life podcast I would love to have you on as a guest I do everything via zoom so it makes it super easy for you and super easy for me please let me know what time and day I can put you on my schedule thanks and usually it's that it's usually that simple I'm not gonna lie to you the other thing you said is that you add value to the person that you're, which I'm not necessarily doing this, but you are adding value to that person before they ever, as soon as they open your message, because you've already put work in and time in to, you know, to show them, Hey, I'm fucking like, I'm in this with you. That's super cool, dude. I, I And love you know what? Shit. I think a lot of people start getting, um, uh, I think a lot of people sit back and, they think like, okay, well, I don't make songs, so how can I do that? Like, dude, I don't, I don't care if you sell SEO. Like, everyone has a – I think it's the – yeah, I'm giving them value, but even if you do your research on them before you're like, even, hey, I would love to work with you. Well, like, for one, you if you want to work with them, you need to see their pain points. So, like, you need to create a custom little video. Like, you could screen record your, your – screen record – your camera on their website and like showing them going through their website and then just make it personal man rather than the same typical you know dm hey i'm in your dm right also the another thing is a lot of people are reaching out to other people but they don't have their back end structured what i mean by that is you know i can reach out to you and make a banging ass song and you're like damn who is this kid then you go to my page and you'll see bradley you'll see billy jeans you'll see tim grovers you'll see me owning who i am in my shed you'll you're, you're now you're getting to know me and you're like, I like this dude. I'm going to spend money with this guy. Right. And I know we kind of jump right on it. So anybody listening to this, that don't know who I am, um, kind of like I said in my pitch, I'm Joey Yak. Yak stands for you already know. And if you don't know by the end of this episode, you never will. I create custom theme songs about people's lives. Uh, I create podcast intros and I own a company with Ryan Stuman called million dollar media, where we do content creation. We come out to you. Um, and I'm sure I'll get more into my story, but that's what I do right now. I come from the music industry um, and that's what I provide. So, look, one thing that I absolutely did not fucking know about you is that you toured with fucking Bone Thugs and Hard. Are you fucking kidding me with that shit? Yeah, man, it was crazy. You are. That's like mind blowing to me. Yeah. Mind blowing. What? The, okay, so take us back, dude. Like, I, I here's where it all started. So, like, nine years old, and I'm gonna try to shorten it the most possible. Like, it's hard though because oh, I've done a lot. Um, so at nine years old, you know, I'm from St. Louis. Nelly was just blowing up. Okay. And uh, St. Lunatics. So Ali from the St. Lunatics lived in our neighborhood and we didn't even know it. And we seen him at the fireworks stand one day. And my dad, which thought he could rap. He always thought he was like this rapper, dude. He still thinks he can rap today. And he grabbed, like, he was the no filter guy. Like he would grab Ali and be like, yo, like, come in my car real quick and listen to me rap. And like, this is not when the white thing was cool and stuff, you know, Eminem was coming around then, but you know, he's like, who is this crazy white dude with his son, you know? And I'm in the back, I'm in the back seat beatboxing. He got Ali in the car. I'm in the back seat beatboxing and rapping to a song. And he looked at me and he was like, damn, this kid's a star. And it kind of planted a seed in me, like in everything I did with that, with soccer, with, you know, like anything I did, like I was, my mindset has always been I'm a fucking superstar in everything. Like I was the soccer player that rapped. I so, wasn't Joey. God, that you just, you had you just dropped something so important. You said he planted the seed and in the belief that he had in you as that 9-year-old boy, tell me it has not propelled you and kept you rolling because of that one belief. Yeah, but then but then like I started getting so many other beliefs as I like so I did that, right? And like he would take us on uh little video shoots and I got to meet everyone, Murph and Kiwan and uh Slowdown and Nelly and like 
I met everyone. I got to rap to them that young. And, you know, we would end up, he moved. We ended up like showing up at nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. My, I would hide behind a tree. My dad bang on their door. Like, what up? Is Ali here? Like trying to get back in touch with them. Cause they were blowing up, you know? So we lost touch with them, but I started creating music and catching a buzz in St. Louis. And um, as I started to grow and grow and grow, throwing shows, everybody would come out. Everybody knew me as Jay Fresh at that moment. It, it was like, all right, I'm doing this. Me and my sister, we would throw shows together. Um, and I started to grow. But see, the thing, like with my dad, right, at 11 years old, he hit the crack pipe, and it was a wrap. Like, he just drifted off. Like, he was my best friend, and then it was like, yo, he's gone. So, like, I, I started going through some weird shit that now, finally, I'm starting to realize, like, what I was going through and seeing it. Because when you're in the middle, you can't see the picture when you're inside of the frame. And I was inside of the frame for so long as that picture. Now I'm finally out. It I can look back at that picture and say, damn, that frame was fucked up. I just didn't know it, right? So growing up, I was a stud-ass soccer player. I was killing it in music. Had D1 offers. I fucked them I fucked them all up. Like, I would hang up on coaches. Like, fuck that, dude. Like, I'm good. I was a little rebel. I was selling weed and shit. Like, drinking, getting fucked up. Didn't care. And I ended up taking a full ride to this uh, small community college with all my homies and did that for a year and then I went over to England and played soccer and then came back killed it over there and I was like fuck I'm about to take this you know soccer shit seriously now three two or three games into that season I break my leg then the next day I find out I'm having my my daughter which is eight now so I drop out of school I say fuck it I'm going all in on music I am I took a job at Lufus Kia uh, as a porter. And I did that for like a year and a half. And, at, but as I'm doing this, I'm still, you know, going all in on music. And here's the lesson, man, is, you know, when I remember when I was nine, 10 years old, I had this guy named Ali look at me. And uh, now I'm, you know, 20 with a daughter. And that guy was always watching me. He ends up calling me when I'm at my, at my job and signs me to dirty Are- universal no. records. So here's what? the thing, man. The thing is, someone is always watching even when you don't know it. And also, someone is always watching even when they don't know that they're watching, right? What I mean by that is they're watching. The reason why they're watching you and they don't know is because you're presenting yourself in a way like you didn't know you were watching me. But then I caught your attention and now you're watching. So it's so important to be doing what you can do right now, not looking for any results because people don't know they're watching you. But when they start watching you, now they're watching you. So I take that deal. Um, I thought I had a job as a manager, but man, I didn't even have the job as the janitor. My hustle let down because like, I thought they were supposed to take over and it's just like getting a job. Like I got the job, but now it's like, I'm thinking I'm CEO or something. No, dude, you got to put the work in and you got to do your thing. So within eight months, man, I asked to leave that record deal. They flew me out to universal Republic, uh, with this uh, vice president, Wendy Goldstein and like, you know, bought us hotel rooms and everything. And, you know, I asked him to leave because I was, you know, uh, I had a daughter. I was living in my, mom, my mom's basement and I was selling weed. Like I had no money. I was broke. I was like, where's my money? Like I thought I was going to get a record deal and bloom. I was young, immature, stubborn. You know, I was ignorant. Right. So I left that and I, my hustle just like, I got it back. Like literally the next day I recorded a video called shut it down. That did great. Everybody was like, damn, like, you know, yeah, my name was yak boy fresh. And uh, everybody was blown away by it and seeing the improvement of what I'm doing. And I'm really growing my buzz and I got new management and then crazy bone from bone thugs and harmony heard about me. And he was like, yo, if this, we started taking meetings, me and my new manager started taking meetings in St. Louis, like with everyone just to see like what they could bring to the table. Like, look, we're doing this regardless, like what's up. And, um, he called crazy bone and crazy was like, look, man, if this kid can, you know, he just left this deal with Nelly and Ali and them. Uh, you know, he's open, he's looking to blah, blah, blah. So we got out there the next day uh, in Orange County in LA, right in that area. And we waited at the studio on the way to the studio. I got this beat from my buddy, Jimmy Hargrove, which made the Nelly and Tim McGraw that over and over again, a song. And I listened to the beat and I'm like, Holy fuck, this is, this is crazy right here. Like, so we crazy bone listened to four songs of mine and looked at me and he was like, you're a star. Boom. There it is again. I heard it again, planted in me. And I was like, okay, okay, bet. And that four songs led to 10 hours later of me and him creating a song called Scrape in the Sky. So Yak Boy Fresh featuring Crazy Bone. You can check it out on YouTube. Um, Scrape in the Sky, which led to us doing a music video, which led to us, me doing a nationwide tour with them. Um, you know, we had tour buses with my face on it. Like we were living the life, man. And let me tell you something. It, uh, 
what looked like the American dream was really a nightmare because I didn't know who Joey was. I didn't have inner peace on the outside looking in. It was great, but like it was Adderall to wake up and I couldn't go to sleep unless I was fucked up. And I, a big part of it was because I was flying first class on a guilt trip, not being home and providing for my family. Remember my dad left me and now I'm not there for my kid. And you know, my, uh, my daughter's mom, which is now my wife is, is holding it down, working two jobs. Like I'm paying like maybe 200 hours in child support. It's, um, you know, looking back now, I just can't, I, I just, for one, can't believe we're still together. And for two, the fact that she held on for that long and like waited for me. Right. So um, Joey, you, so you guys were split, uh, essentially, if you say child support, that means you guys were kind of split up. Yeah. I mean, and, here, here, like I was fucked up, man. Like I was, when I was in St. Louis, like I would act like we were together, but when I was gone, I was doing whatever I wanted to do. Just like the boy in me. Right. Like I was an alcoholic and like, I used that as power, which I know now is like, so to just keep going. So like, okay. I ended up in Hollywood living in LA and stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm in a small town called Hazelwood, which is like in St. Louis. So everybody that lives around here, you know, we're St. Louis, right? It's, um, I heard what I know now is God saying, you know, you're Hazelwood, not Hollywood, go back home. You're Hazelwood, not Hollywood, go back home. And I felt that for about a year, year and a half. And I finally, there was incidences that happened. And I finally felt that calling of going back home and leaving it all behind. And, you know, God interrupted what was my normal to start me a new beginning. And, I came home. I tried to be, I, I did some landscaping with my brother-in-law. I did some pipe cover. You know, that's what my dad used to do before he got kicked out. So I have a lot of uh, connections in the union. I tried that for like six weeks. No, then I tried to do, um, I tried to do a whole bunch of stupid shit. Like I'm not a labor type of dude. Like that's not me. I'm not blue collar. Like, no. Nah. So I figure like, in you know, for six months, I'm still the same ratchet. I always tell people I was go, go gadget ratchet. I would always like, represent that like oh i'm go go gadget ratchet right i'm the life of the party getting drunk you know doing drugs all that shit six months in though man like i crashed i told her my wife's car like i probably should be dead from that night like it was a you know i remember waking up and seeing fire in the in the rear view and it was the tire falling off and i was just belligerent i suppose we i took two pills that were molly and i was just fucking drunk at a video shoot and like you know, they let me drive home and I shouldn't say they let me, but I let myself get to that point. Like just being oblivious. I was supposed to go pick her up from work. It was fucked up. And like another situation happened after that, like that didn't even stop me. That really woke me up. And it was like, yo, if, if you're going to like provide for your family, like you said, you were going to, you can't be the same Joey, like for, for you to live, he has to die. So it was homicide or suicide. Homicide was kill you kill this version of you and rebirth or suicide. Keep drinking like you're doing buddy. And you're going to fucking kill yourself. And I went to church that next morning, hung over as fuck. And I tell people, you know, my whole being go, go gadget ratchet left me. And like, I overdosed on the Holy ghost, man. And I started flooding myself in scriptures instead of liquor. I always say I started really being inside of the church. And June 30th, 2016 was that day I stopped drinking and I haven't had one sip since. And it's my, like I, I stopped like the whole yak boy fresh thing. Like I was done. Like I won. I was so, it was so hard for me to leave him behind though, because I've built such greatness in the eyes of everyone else. And, and now me, like the fact that I even changed over to Joey yak, like it was such a hard transformation. Right. But it's when I got sober, man, I, a month after that, which people relate now as me talking into business is I got a sales position. So now I'm a month sober, um, about like a month and a half. So June 30th and then August 1st, I got a job at selling digital marketing. I never knew nothing about sales. All I heard was I was getting paid 17 an hour and I could get 216% commission. I said, hold up. If I sell a $500 product, I can get over a thousand dollars. They said, yeah. I said, sign me up. Walked in there, sold them me. I said, I've never sold that shit before, but I sold you know, crazy bone. I sold Ali. I've sold, I know how to sell me. So I'll know how to sell your product. And the, they were blown away. They're like, hired me on the spot. I became the number one sales rep, stayed there for a year and a half and really fell in love with sales and self-development. And, um, you know, I really started my road down to self-improvement, uh, around that stage. Like when I got sober and, you know, I went to a seminar, of uh, Mark Lack, he, uh, my buddy, Zach Babcock had some shit had a free ticket for me and I went there and I never knew about this entrepreneur world that we're in. 
And I was like, hold on, people are doing this? Like, this is a thing? I seen Billie Jean come there for the first time. I was like, like, I am those people. I just aren't, I'm just not there yet. Like, I know that about me. I don't, you know, I don't have your money and I'm not known yet, but like, I'm you, right? So that really sparked something in me. Then I started to go into more seminars and conferences like Eric Thomas. And, you know, I was just like, wow, like, I'm gonna be one of these people, right? And it's funny because I share stages with those type of people now, easily. Like, it's, it's, it's just so funny how the universe works and like when you really know who you are. And so I left that job though, man, I thought I was going to start like F, uh, Facebook ads for artists, right? Like I was like, oh man, I'm going to, you know, I'm music. Maybe this is my purpose. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just testing shit out, but I was always making theme music for people at my company on the side because they would want to cancel because our product sucked. So I was like, no, no, no. Let me just make you some content. Like if you stay and they, you know, I would make them a custom song and everybody loves that. So fuck it. And then I made one for my buddy, Zach Babcock, that's killing it in the podcast world, Underdog Empowerment. That's my yeah, guy. So, so I met, so, so let me stop you for just one second. Crazy story about Zach. He lives 20 uh, minutes from me, man. That's my dude. So, like, I had zero idea who Zach was. And I happened to be hanging out with Tony Watley, um, uh, Marcus uh, Anderson Aurelius, and, and Tony's wife. And then there comes, there's this long-haired, dude that's got tats more more tats than i've got and 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 marcus or one of the two were saying yeah you know this guy's doing really good in the podcast whatever he, he pod, on his podcast i've never fucking heard of him right. so we have lunch and we're all having lunch and i don't know any of these guys i mean i know them but i don't really know them and so the power of that that meeting was so important because you know, I got to see what Zach has done. Zach and I connected, obviously. Um, but, you know, Zach is really like, it's quite impressive what he's done in 100%. this short, short amount of time, really. I'm very proud of him, man. I'm very, 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 very proud of him because, you know, when we went out, like we've, we've been through stages of like, this is what we're doing. And then we're like, nah, dude, we ain't doing that. Then, then it's like, we're doing this. And then we're like, no, nah, we're not doing that. We're being fake right now. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Right. And we're, we come from this urban environment, like right next to each other, where we're very similar in like how we were raised and how we grew up and just like the vibe of who we are, you know, it's, it's a no bullshit mentality. And it was very, very important for us to be who we are right and we finally have a, found a way to make profit but also be who we are while doing that right he's he's way more alpha of like little bitch than i am like i'm more of of a soul type of dude like but that's my guy man i, I love that dude to death but hit, me going to that event with him really opened my eyes man and you know when i quit my job um i made him the first song and he showed people and then other little people started coming to me and i was like hold up and then is when I really started doing the fuck asking for permission, I do this. I made a song for Billie Jean. And I did a music video. I, I filmed me rapping it. And then I stole his videos off a of line and I put it as B-roll. And I posted it on a whole bunch of his statuses. And one of his team members found it and was like, yo, this is dope as fuck. Billy ends up calling me. And he's like, dude, I'll pay you 500 hours for that. I was like, I don't want your money. Just fucking just help me, man. I'm new to shit. Like help me learn, man. And he put it out there. And then I really started getting leads and having people come on. And then I started seeing that the formula works. I'm not asking for permission. I do this. If you want it awesome. Cause I've spent 15 years in doing what I do. Like, like you could tell me your life story. I can make it in a song in one hour, no bullshit. And you'd be blown the fuck away. And that's like, you're not paying for that one hour. You're paying for my 15 years experience and my journey that I've been on period. So I started doing that, man, but I was building and burning, building and burning. So I took an entrepreneur job with Garrett J. White and Wake Up Warrior um, for 2019. So whole 2019, like he, he created abundance for me. I come from scarcity for real, but the way he paid me and the way that he mentored me, uh, it was beautiful, man. And I got to sit there and close for Wake Up Warrior and make a comment or engage in comments and create content for them. And at the end of 2019, though, he let me go. Um, and it was really, really, really fucked up, like, how I like we got on the call right and I'm thinking we're you know me and my wife are like yeah we're gonna get this house in 2020 you know we're gonna get out this small motherfucking house we're in right now literally as we're speaking and he I'm thinking we're going on the call to talk about our future when really he was letting me go at that moment 
And I was very bitter at that moment. But like, I even told my wife, like us being bitter right now is going to make me better. And in order for me to do what I need to do for us to accomplish what we want to accomplish is not be bitter. And like, I literally took it as a sign because I have the choice and I have the decision because everything is a choice and a decision um, to rise. And right then and there, you know, I just, and the dope part is, man, you know, uh, he paid me three months. Like, he's like, I'm letting you go, but I'm going to pay you for three months, which like, I wouldn't have been able to live if he didn't do that. Right. So as I'm building my business, he's still paying me for three months, which is, it's love, man. Like, it's, it's love. And I went through a depression phase and like a, a dark phase of like, fuck, man, I'm in a funk because I didn't even want to leave. But like what you truly believe is a burden is the biggest blessing because I've been making so much fucking money this year already. And I'm back to doing me. And now I own a company with Ryan Stuman. You know, what that taught me was I will never rely on anybody to pay me ever again. Because the stomach, the feeling I felt in my stomach and the look on my wife's face when I told her like, I damn near just got fired. It, was, it wasn't cool, bro. So I took that as a lesson, and it's a beautiful thing. So when I reached out to Stuman, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm done with them. I'm available. What's good? Um, but I'm not for hire. He was like, cool, let's partner. I was like, bet. So now it's, you know, I'm staying true to me and staying true to my word. But that's my journey, man. I've, I've been on this journey for probably more than 15 years. You know, I'm 28 years old, and I feel like I've lived like four fucking different lives. And my journey has just really begun, right? Like, it's just like how Charlie, like my story isn't over. And me and Charlie just spoke the other day about like us connecting on me doing a whole bunch of music for his type of shit. And it's just the universe works in, in beautiful ways and crazy ways, dude. It's like, once you change your perspective though, you really can change your life and you will attract those type of people that are meant to just like you and I are talking right now, the podcast before this, like I'm finally in a place in my life. I know who I am. So I'm really, really ready to let everybody else know who I am because a lot of people are out here. They want everyone to know who they are, but they don't even know who they are. This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and we were talking a little bit about this, I think, before before we started recording is, you know, there are times that I go through and I think about, you know, the imposter syndrome because, you know, I... It's hard for me to see the, the the really great things that are, it's even hard for me to say for that matter. Uh, it's hard for me to look at the great things that, that I've done or that I do and think that, um, you know, and think that I don't even know how to say it really. Like, um, you know, I, I actually, I, you know, I, I will say this. I am like, I do love, doing like my podcast this is where i'm in flow this is me this is you're not going to get any other person than the person sitting right here you're getting the best me right now because for whatever reason when i'm in front of this mic and i'm talking to somebody like you or whoever it is it doesn't matter who it is i i am the most fulfilled that i've ever been in my life it's, it's being, it's, cause you're in the moment, you're present, you are where your feet are, right? Like, and it's something very beautiful about, and I use the word beautiful for some reason a lot now, but I'm, I'm really starting to connect like, like the universe in the way of, it just, it's just simple. What we're doing is simple and like simple to me is sexy. Small to me is sexy. And it just, it's no hype involved right here. You and I speaking, connecting one-on-one. And the fact that you and I even, like I'm looking at my microphone right now and I'm talking to my mic and I'm talking real fast and I'm moving my hands and you still can understand me and we're looking at each other. That is fantastic. And we, be, we, we like little belittle it, like make it familiar. Something so fantastic soon becomes familiar. I say that every day of my life so I can make sure that, I, you know, because here's the thing. I do my songs for people and I come in this house and I'll show my wife and my kids and they're like, cool. And they're not saying cool because like, it's not good. They're saying cool because I'm dad and I'm husband to them. I'm not Joey Yak, the studio CEO. So if people like, but I know it's fantastic, but like people get in that familiar flow of like, 
what they do isn't fantastic. And when we're on podcasts like this, just connecting, you know, you, it, it becomes simple and all the hype. You find silence in this chaotic world, right? Like that's what I believe when you connect one-on-one, eye-to-eye, and, and, and can feel each other's soul because me and you have never met in person. We just connected yesterday for the first time. And I believe that you don't need to meet people in person to connect with one another's soul. That's real. And that's what the po- beauty of podcast is, man. Like people say internet messed. Hey. <laughs> what? I see somebody walk through the door. My door? Yeah. It's all good. That's dope. <laughs> I'm surprised mine hasn't yet. She, she jumped out hella quick. But no, I, uh, it, it's just beautiful, man. The, the fact that we can connect the way we do and it's, it's, um, you, can, you can literally silence this chaotic world when you're in moments like this. Even listening to them. That's why I'm obsessed with listening to podcasts. I put that, my headphones on and I'm in a zone, man. And I, you get to learn and you can, you can be, I'm a producer and a consumer, right? Like on the content, you can, you can fall into the trap of social media or you can use, take advantage and use it for an advantage. You know, you get glass half empty and half full, you know, it's what, which, which way you're going to, you know, look at the cup. That's true. That's absolutely true. Especially this time right now. I mean, what's the, and this is the shit, this is the crazy fucking part I'm at right now because yeah, I'm not sure when, when I'll drop this, but cause we haven't really talked about the fucking virus. Cause I really don't want to talk about the fucking virus. Right. Um, but you know, it takes something like this stupid ass fucking virus to bring people together. And which is weird because they're, we're doing it via the computer. But, but, but have you not had more almost human connection since this shit? God has to interrupt the normal in order to start a new beginning. And like, that's how I'm looking at it. Like, all right, I see you, you know, I feel you. Like you got to, you got to cause some chaos. And in the Bible, even like John 16, 33, I think it is. It's like, in this world, you're going to see trouble. So it's like, when shit like this happens, you know, some people are like, why would God let that person die? Or why would God let this virus out? Like, I don't even think like that at all. Mm-hmm. Like, at all. Like, but I just know that God has to interrupt the normal in order for something new to happen. And I'm just excited. Like, I'm, I'm like excited about this journey. Like, I'm staying safe. Make sure my family's staying safe. Um, we're homebound. We ain't letting nobody coming over. Like I'm not fucking around with this shit, but it's, you know, it hasn't really fucked with my money at all. But, you know, like we said, we're not really going to talk about it, but it's, um, I'll just go back and say it one more time is in order. And this is not even the virus. This is anything in life. Like in order for you to start something new, your normal has to get interrupted somehow. So, you know, a lot of people get anxiety and depressed about that. But if you could change your perspective on that and say, damn, you know, this is going to be more glory for the story. I'm in the middle of a breakthrough and you know what, like he's interrupting this for a reason and let me take advantage of that. And now like every time I see the word, the number eight, my daughter just turned eight and instantly I'm like, damn, she's eight because eight in the Bible stands for new beginning. So I always tell like when I see the number eight or I tell people when they see the number eight, like it's a sign, man, like new beginnings, it's new beginnings to do it different. Right. So a lot of these people, I hope, you know, when you listen to this and you look to the side, you see the number eight somehow, because hopefully it's a sign for you that it's a new beginning in something like there's always a way to shift into a new beginning. And everybody listening to this, they're probably listening to this because they're looking for a way to get out of a way that they're in. Right. And um, yeah, man, it's interrupt the normal to, to start a new beginning. Eight up. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a pattern, you know, it's a pattern interrupt, which is just, I mean, think about every day, you know, we're programmed at a small age to do shit that we continue to do over and over and over because it's a pattern. And unless, like you said, unless you break that pattern, you're not going to, nothing's going to change. You know, it's just like if you brought, this is a great example. And for anybody listening, try this shit for five days. So if you brush your teeth with your right hand every day, every fucking morning, whenever you brush your teeth, hopefully you brush them every morning, um, you know, switch hands, switch hands. And as long as you're not whatever the fuck it is that you can do shit with two hands, I can't pronounce the word. Um, But if you're right handed, try to try to brush your teeth with your left hand. You'll see how fucked up it is and how weird it is and how disoriented you are because you're so programmed to do it with that right hand 
You know what I'm saying? So right. anybody listen, try that shit because it'll it, it scrambles your fucking brain. Like, well, actually, neuroscience has proven that it literally change it it, it, it um fuck produces new neurosynaptic something. In other words, it, essentially, it, uh, it, it new connections rewired or wired rewired whatever Joe Dispenza says. I can't think of it exactly what he says, but. If you, especially if you've never listened to his shit or watched his videos, he's amazing, by the way. Um, but it's essentially you're, you're, you're rewiring your brain to think opposed to be on fucking autopilot because think about it, most folks every day get up the same side of the bed. They get up and turn the alarm clock with the same arm. They get up and brush their teeth with the same hand. They get their coffee mug, the same fucking one every day. It is the same shit. So, you got to consciously change something right. if you want something to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's not easy. You know, it's, it's very simple to talk about it, but it's not easy. It's the same, but I'll tell you what, like once you make these big changes um, and like I said, small is sexy. So like, don't try to change like, like this crazy big change. Right. But cause I, I believe 10 subliminal moves will create your one big power move. And like in my whole life, I feel like that's adding up now. And, even where I'm at right now, I think it's going to lead. And like, so like what I think is a power move is truly just still another subliminal move um, because I'm not done. Right. Cause I'm not dead. If you're not dead, you're not done period. And True. I truly believe um, just like with alcohol, I had that click and like Tim Grover, great dude. You know, that's uh, somebody that always reaches out to me still to this day after I, he brought me on stage and like, let me rap. And uh, I mean, the dude just like, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant's trainer, like he literally, he, he really, it's another seed he planted in me. Cause he looked at me and he was just like, you know, you pulled through, bro. Like you can't, you're ready. You know, you, you could tell you've been training your whole life for shit like this and it's real. And he says, you know, when you get to the point where you don't trust your instincts, your instincts trust you is when it's relentless. And like, I, I feel that way inside of how I let go of alcohol. I had that click, that instinct, and my instinct trusted me because he knew, hey, you know when you get this click, it's game on. And I had the same click when I left my job. I had the same click when I said, I'm not going to be bitter. I'm going to be better. When I left Warrior, I had that same click when I looked at my wife and said, I'm about to hold it down. Now it took six months to me to really – begin to do that but I had that click and leaving you know Hollywood behind and I had that click where we kind of talked about it yesterday was when I was sitting in my hot tub and said yo I'm never gonna take Adderall ever again because I've I used to say it's not an addiction if you have a prescription I used to joke around by that it's not an addiction if you had to have a prescription I got a bottle with my name on it and I at the reason why I stopped even taking Adderall because like you know, and I even told you yesterday, I'm a firm dude. Like, you know, when I say I'm four on June 30th, 2020, it will be 40 years, not a sip of alcohol on April 11th, 2020, it'll be one year of no Adderall, but I'll still hit weed here and there. Right. So when I say sober, I'm talking about that. So maybe I should say I haven't drank. I haven't done that because I will hit weed here and there because it, it doesn't, it doesn't progress or it doesn't like eliminate me from, from being who I'm becoming as a father, as a husband, as a business owner, as like taking care of my fitness. Um, but alcohol was and Adderall and me as this like vicious hustler where I would like not even be a, like visible to my family sometimes where I would wake up, hustle, and I, I just wanted to hustle, right? Like my brain was just so fried of taking it. And how I got off of Adderall, man, was I started at 30 milligrams. I got down to 25. Then I jumped back to 35 for some weird way because the doctors worked that way. And then I got back down to 25, then 20, then 15, then 10. And then listening to this audio book, Breaking Habits, um, <laughs> I was sitting in my hot tub, man, and it clicked. It said, today is the day. And I have one pill left in my cabinet right now that I kind of tempt myself with. Same way I did with alcohol. We kept a whole, we kept a whole bunch of alcohol sitting in the fridge. And I just stared at it and I like, I was good, right? Like I was good. And same with this little pill that's sitting in my cabinet right now. It's like that click was so powerful 
And I, my instincts trust me that I can stare at that thing and I'm not even tempted. Even though there are days where I'm sluggish and I'm like, fuck, I wish I could just take an Adderall, trigger my brain to be like, let's go, you know? But yeah. I don't fall into that temptation at all. And uh, I'm staying strong with it because I don't trust my instincts. My instincts trust me and I take that very seriously. Now, did you, um, you know, when you, when you did, when you had Adderall, did you abuse Adderall? I mean, like, I mean, there, there were times where I would like, I've, I've done, I've snorted it before, but I like not a lot, but there have been times where like, I would take my prescription as, as planned and you know, it would, day would go by, day would go by and I would break up one, you know, cause I would have the 30 milligram time capsules, uh, time release. And I would also have like a 10 milligram pill. So I would just break that pill in half and maybe eat it and you know get, get going for about three four more hours later but i would never sit there and like pop through my script in 10 days type shit right, you know? like, right. i was never that dude like at all my dad something like my dad was a crackhead and then he became or he was addicted to vicodin then he became a crackhead um and then when he was in rehab he married someone in rehab that had a meth problem and they had three kids, which are my brothers and sisters. And I'm finally at a place in my heart now where I can call them my brothers and sisters. Cause it was like, I was, my side of the family was tape a that his new family was tape B right on a cassette tape. Like I didn't fuck with them, but I just, now I'm like, I know I'm in a place now where I can like guide them and mentor them as a big brother. Um, because you know, he's, you know, he is married to someone that is going through same drug problems with him where he's relapsed on ice, which is meth. And, uh, but I never had that problem, man. Like I never would go binge, you know, throughout days, like alcohol was my demon, man. And Adderall, I would use it as prescribed. Some days I would take a half a pill, but no, I would never abuse it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, we t- you talk about meth, like, you know, I, when I went to, when I lived in Las Vegas, um, I moved out to Las Vegas with, uh, I think I had about four ounces of cocaine strapped. This is funny. It's actually, it actually is going to certify me as being an idiot, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you anyway. Uh, so I, so I strapped four ounces of cocaine to my leg and how I did it was with duct tape thinking that if I go through a metal detector, that I'll be straight. Fucking duct tape has goddamn metal in it. So fortunately I, you know, I got on a train for five days from Greensboro, North Carolina to fucking uh, Needles, California, wherever that is. And, 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 and throughout that trip, I wound up actually busting out the Coke and doing something with some people on the train, but also that fucking train for five days without a sleeper cabin, because well, two reasons. One, I didn't sleep a whole lot. You can only imagine. And two, I didn't know there was a sleeper cabin. I, I just didn't think about it. I did not. It didn't dawn on me. So I was in a chair the whole five days. And I get out to Vegas, and I meet this guy. I was just telling somebody this yesterday. I meet this guy, and he's from the East Coast, so we have a hangout. And, and I'm sitting uh, in between two guys, right? One guy's named Stormy. One guy's name is Ed. And I'm upstairs at this guy's apartment. He's from the – did I already say he's from the East Coast? No. Okay. Um, so we bonded and so I'm sitting in this guy, Stormy, guy, Ed, we're watching television and fucking Stormy and Ed's face pop up on the goddamn screen because they just robbed a fucking casino. And I'm, and I'm like, I, 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 I almost shit myself. I'm just sitting there. Like, I don't even know what the fuck it's, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to fucking do. Like, I don't know. I don't, do I say anything? I'm like, what? So I just sat there. And sat there and just, uh, and finally they left. And the guy was like, I, I'm really shocked. My buddy was like, I'm shocked they didn't kill you. And I'm like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't either. Shit, for real. Anyway, that was That's a wake up call crazy. right there. Yes, it is. Yes, it was for sure. Um, Dude, you, you know, whenever you and Charlie really connect even more, you're going to find out, and you probably already know this, but your story is so similar to his. Very like, yeah, like super similar. He did, it, he did it way bigger than me, honestly, like him with 2 chains, Like he, uh, and you can hear it in his voice as well, like very smooth, particular, you know, Atlanta cat. Like we vibe, we vibe instantly. I've known about him for years, but I just, uh, I truly believe there's a time 
in the universe where you're going to connect with the people you're supposed to connect with. So I never rushed it. I even told him that like, dude, people have been trying to connect me with you for a while, but like, I just didn't feel like it was the time. Uh, same per same with like Andy Frisella. I know you're in with the, am I letting them, you know, I'm in St. Louis, but like, for some reason, I truly believe that it's better for me to build who I am. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm, I, I think like this, but when I meet him, I feel like I'm going to be at a level of, of like, yeah, like I'm, I'm up there. Right. Like, and right now I'm not saying that, I, you know, I'm not worthy or valuable to the dude. It's just, I have expectations on me. Like it's, a, I think it's a St. Louis thing. Like a lot of people in St. Louis always try to meet people in St. Louis to get something from them and in the music industry. And I've always been the guy that had worked backwards and I would go out and get mine and then come back home. And it's like, I'm the guy that I'm out here paying my dues. So I just feel like I'm going to continue to pay my dues. And whenever I meet the dude, I meet the dude, right? We're in the same city. I probably could already connect with him from hundreds of people. I've worked with a lot of people that are inside of that, inside of that um, movement that Before. you guys are a part of, you know? Oh, Arte, yeah. Yeah, like a lot of people are my clients. That's true. A lot. True. But I'm not tripping, man. I, I The universe works in dope ways and i know it's gonna happen but um yeah man it's uh charlie's good dude we vibe and we're, we have very similar stories music industry is one hell of an experience and a learning lesson if you take it from if you take what you can learn from it i'm just uh i gotta say man i i'm super motherfucking impressed that you even made it out to be honest because i mean think about such a young kid you know and having such an amazing uh success so quickly and being around all these big ass fucking names and then you humbled up fucking took a sales job or whatever it was at the time and 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 now look what how things have turned around it was a decision you just made a decision that led you to the next good decision that led you to the next good decision and now you're here well a lot of people don't know that people don't make the decision or the choice because they're scared on what's the other side of the door. Right. But what I, and I just, uh, on one of my episodes I'm going to drop for backyard business is encourage or embarrassment is just future encouragement. And I told a story about, you know, one of the jobs that I took when I came back home, um, my buddy, uh, my buddy, uh, Rob Shaw, he gave me a job where I would take gas out of rental cars and I would like rip off the license plates and like, you know, he just did it because he wanted to help me out. He didn't even need no help. And like thinking back then, like I remember how embarrassed I was and now I get to tell the story and it's encouraging because so embarrassment is just future encouragement. And when I thought about that the other day, I was like, that's deep as fuck. And that really could help somebody because what's on the other side of the door is what you choose to be on the other side of the door. You know, you don't open up the door and there's like this boogeyman, like there might be like that angel right there that you're looking for. But even if it is the boogeyman, if you can change your perspective on cool, this is just more glory for my story. I'm not going to let it make me bitter because that won't make me better. And I know right now I'm in the biggest bit. I'm in the middle of the biggest breakthrough of my life in three, four, five months from now, maybe longer, maybe shorter. I'm going to get to be able to tell my story because I think that everybody's purpose is to be able to package up their pain and present it to their platform or package up their passion or package up their problems and present it to their platform or present it as a product because being an expert in something is just being one step ahead of someone, right? Like I took Adderall, you know, other people taking Adderall. Well, I'm out of Adderall. I'm, I'm gone from Adderall now, but there's other people now that hit me in my inbox. Like, how did you do it? It's just one step ahead is all you need to be in order to serve somebody in a way. So whatever is your biggest weakness really can be your, a strength once you overcome that. Right. And I think it's so played out nowadays. And so many people say it without the meaning and experience behind it, that people take it as corny and cheesy. That's why it's so important to be vulnerable. There's victory in being vulnerable. Cause when you let people know all of you, then they will start believing in the whole, you know, scarcity to strength, weakness to strength, you know, uh, trials to triumph, you know, all those little cool pain to positivity, like, that's why it's important to have your experiences out there because now you're getting high on your own supply. Now you're letting them know how you overcame that. So now they can actually believe in those statements. There's a lot of people out here preaching and teaching, but they're not living or haven't been through it. That's a great fucking point, dude. Like it's such a great point because, you know, we've both been through, you know, the drugs, alcohol, whatever. And like, 
you know, you just can't, it's like a, you know, I think it's so interesting when you've got a doctor that, you know, is a psychiatrist or whatever the fuck, and, and you go in and you discuss your, your addictions with them and they've never been through addiction. I think it's really hard for me to, you know, it's hard for me to really understand how that motherfucker. Yeah, understands. Like, I have a lot of people reach out to me, like, um, you know, a lot of people hit me up about the whole alcohol thing and it'd be like about their dad or something. And I'm like, look, man, if the dude, I have an, I have a solution for you. It's I am comeback.com. My homeboy, Mark created a company and he's crushing shit. And, but if your dad's not the one reaching out to me saying, I want to change, it doesn't matter. Like you don't get what he's going through. And until his perspective has changed on like, and have that click of like, I need the help because the first step of changing is accepting that you have the problem. Not like, you know, and you could still be there for people and supporting. But when you said that, what triggered my mind was um, the, you know, heroin. Like, I've never done heroin. You know, I have sympathy for people like that do it and that get hooked on it because it's it's like, fuck, man. There's like these young kids out here that are just beautiful that that you never would think would be hooked on it. And they take some Vicodin and Percocets and then they get hooked and then they can't get it. And then, you know, heroin's five bucks, ten bucks. And they take that capsule and they're like, yo. I'm fucked up and I love this feeling. And then they get hooked. You know, I can't give you guys a solution. I just have to know. All I can say is, you know, I've been through addiction and I, I feel your pain. I might not be able to feel your pain of that particular drug, but addiction is an addiction. And I, I believe sometimes addicts are always going to be addicts. I'm just an addict now of self-improvement. I'm just an addict now of being a good husband. I'm just an addict now of being a good father. I'm just an addict now of growing my business. I'm just an addict now of being who Joey Yak really is. You know what I'm saying? And Yak stand, Yak is a spiritual thing to me now, man. Yak, you should just be like, yo, you know, who's got the Yak? Or Yak stands for you already know. But it was like, yo, what are we doing tonight? Yak, you already know. You know, I'm fucking around. But then it led to now spiritually, and I really felt this by going through the material of wake up warrior with Garrett J white, which is you already know, like everything that we need to know about us. Like we already know, like if we can get silence in this chaotic world, the noisy world, if we can find a little bit of silence, which is inner peace. And you can hear that voice. You call it God, call it whatever you want. If you can find that inside of you, you will already know what you need to do, how to do it. Because you know, there's not a blue book, a blueprint or a playbook for everything, you know, a how to do, but you already know what you need to do. And like, even when you guys hear me say, Joey, yak, you already know. And if you don't, you never will. If you're this deep in the episode, you already know, because literally you could feel the energy. I don't, you don't have to know me to feel my soul. You, you can see it, right. Or you can hear it and feel it and sense it. And uh, that's why yak is such a big part of me. And it will always be a part of me is because you already know. You do, I do, everybody else knows if they can find inner peace inside of themselves. That's a fair point, dude. That's a great, great, great point. So, uh, you know, Joey, I want to wrap up really quick because I want to find, but, but the last question I wanted to ask you is that, you know, Garrett White, what, what I find so ironic about the fact that you work for Garrett, or there's several pieces to this puzzle. About six months ago, I'm going to say, uh, one of her name is Dr. Erin, Dr. Erin.tv on Instagram. She's a friend of mine, uh, and she's also been on the podcast. And she sent me this video, and it was, what is the name of it, Warrior what? Wake Up Warrior. Wake Up Warrior. So it's a four-hour documentary, and, I, and she was like, Corey, look, it's a long fucking documentary. I 100% can see you doing this. I need you to watch this. Like what she meant was I can see you running something like this. Well, that's exactly what she said. And I'm like, okay. So I'm watching this thing and I'm like, how the fuck does she see? I mean, how, how do I look like I would fit into this whole thing? Like, and, and so I'm watching and I'm like, this thing seems really cool. Like, what was it like to work, uh, you know, what was it like to work around that? Did you go through the thing, by the way? I didn't do, I didn't do Warrior Week. I got to do Be The Man Challenge uh, boot camp, which was like a two-day, which still was very intense. Uh, it's, the thing about Warrior is you're in a brotherhood of people that are looking to be better inside of their marriage. They're looking to be better fathers. They're looking to build their business bigger. And when you align your actions with your intentions, 
something becomes very powerful in, in the room. Like when, when everyone is around each other and they're there and their action, like their action is that they're there and their intention is I'm trying to be a better dad or I'm trying to be a better husband or I'm just trying to, you know, be better me, you know, and make more money and, you know, everything else. It's a beautiful, wonderful, crazy experience because you don't see a lot of people that have actions and intentions aligning together. And that's when you can make powerful moves is when your actions and intentions align with other people, right? Um, it was a great learning experience. And I was a student before I was a team member. Um, you know, I went there, I signed up, I put $3,000 on my credit card, you know, when I was at WarriorCon 3 back in 2018. And that's when like, you know, they had, they said, Hey, come to the event. I was like, bet, you know, I flew out there like, and I had no money, man. Like when I was messing with all these big names, like with Bradley and like, when I met Bradley, I told, I lied to him and told him I was coming, I was going to be in Vegas. And you know, he was like, Oh, okay. Oh uh, yeah. Come through. And like, then I booked my ticket. I didn't have money for a hotel room. So I rented a $20 car, drove to LA, slept on my boy Scotty's floor, drove back in the morning, stuck around until he could see me. Then he felt my soul and he bought, he bought me a room for two days. And the thing is like, People can feel the realness. Real recognizes real and it doesn't wipe off. I didn't have money to go to Warrior. I spent like $2,000 to get out there because the room was like 1000 because like the facility that they were in, um, the plane tickets. And then I did an additional 3000 on my credit card. But what that led me to get into the brotherhood and a month later, they flew me and my family out here and said, yo, we want to hire you and we want to give you $100,000 throughout the year. But you got to work with us only. I said, I'm in. Let's do this. And it, it showed me um, abundance. I lived in abundance for the first time. And, um, you know, when he let me go, that's what I was scared of. Like, fuck, man. Like, where's the abundance going to go? But I felt the abundance. So now I know how to go back and get it. And I'm yeah, already but, hey, Sorry, Joey. Like, I, you got you to gotta hit on what you mean really by abundance in this scenario. Because you talked about him paying you. And then you talked about abundance. But I don't think the money... It's what you meant by the abundance. Am I correct? No, the abundance is abundance in money, but also in the ability to learn more about me. Right. I, I had, I had, I was available more like, cause when you're a hustler, right. And I've always been a backpack hustler. Like I was never an entrepreneur and I finally switched into that. Right. And you know, there's, there's hustler, entrepreneur, CEO, um, you know, the king, that's how we look at it inside of there where the king is just like on top of it and you have everybody else running your shit and the abundance of finding who Joey really was and having, and when it comes financially, I finally, for the first time ever was like being able to put money away and not being able to be worried about where everything was going to come from, man. Like I've never had that in my life. Like I come from a very middle-class family. And then when my dad, you know, did what he did and, you know, it, it, we never had money. We never had money. So the fact that I'm making all of this type of money, you know, and a hundred thousand dollars to some people is chump change. Right. But for me, it was what I needed at the time. I needed to experience a hundred thousand dollars with no chargebacks because at my sales job, I would experience a hundred thousand, but I would get hit with chargebacks all the time. And it, it, it's what I needed to hit me to that next level. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people want to go from, you know, 30, 40, 50 grand to a million. Like it doesn't, you know, and some people it works like that, but it doesn't work like that for a lot of people where you have to, there's levels to this shit. And I'm finally at the second phase of the level of entrepreneur phase. And I think that I am mentally, spiritually, like on the inside, I'm way ahead of my time. Then you know, the, the money isn't making me like I'm already million dollar status in my mindset. Like I'm already a multimillionaire. I'm just not there yet. Just like when I seen the people at Mark Black's event, like I am you guys, I'm just not there yet. Like I know I have more dues to pay. I know I have more time to put in, but uh, I think that's what a lot of people are looking for nowadays is like, who is there? Who, who is building their character? Because talent will get you there, but it won't keep you there if you're not willing for one to pay the price. And for two, to maintain the discipline that it takes to rise to these type of levels. And that's why a lot of people build and burn, build and burn. And I was building and burning at first, but yeah, man, I, I know what abundance feels like now. And, you know, at least I know what it feels like for me. And now, you know, I'm easily going to hit a hundred thousand dollars this year. 
and it's just it's dope man it's there's levels to this shit and i'm at that second phase of that level and i'm um you know i didn't have to say none of that i could you know how you said like reaching out to me um you were you know ah fuck like yeah i charge a, a nice amount of money for my services but i'm such an open book and i think that is what gets me more clients than even my talent because um there's victory in being vulnerable and i share all of me i'm an open book and people can can feel that and relate to that and um that's who joey yak is and that's how every single person that had me on their podcast they leave with it like dude you're a beast at making theme music and content but like i fuck with you i really do i feel your soul as a husband as a father and as an individual yeah and that's you so fucking funny you say that because I'm, I'm pretty sure I said something very similar to that yesterday to you, or you said it to me vice versa. And we both agreed that like, there's just something uh, synergistic that is, that, that comes with being in your presence for whatever reason that is. I mean, it's just, you just have a, a welcoming, you know, uh, you're just a cool motherfucker, period. You know? Appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. So on that note, let's go ahead and wrap up. Do you, Joey, do you have, uh, can you tell everybody where to find you? Uh, Facebook, social and all this. Facebook, Instagram. That's I'm not even on Twitter. Um, that's just no Snapchat, and I'm, you know, no TikTok either. I'm just Instagram, and I'm just Facebook. It's Joey Yak, Joey dot Yak for Instagram, and Joey Yak Peeper on Facebook. P I E P E R. Uh, reach out to me on my personal page. I'm on my obviously the fan page as well, but I'm more mainly on the personal page just because I love to connect with people just on a personal level. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. And if you took anything away from this podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and go check out some other episodes on SuccessfulLifePodcast.com. This is the Successful Life. Thank you for tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember. Greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.